Hey, Brent. Yeah. <laughs> the Zoom cut out. It was just like, <laughs> oh, shoot. Okay. <laughs> that'd be, that'd be funny if, if yes was just, <laughs> hey, Brent, have you ever uh, seen Star Wars? <laughs> hey, Brent. Are you excited to talk to another Brent today? <laughs> so you kind of you can um you can express the different, oh, right. you can express different sort of you know uh, Brent yeah. did you emotion. go to the doc how was your doctor's appointment? It's <laughs> <Just> like <laughs> wait, that's not even a yes or no. That's like different now. Wait, no, did, is, Brent, did you like Brent? Did you go to the doctor yesterday? <laughs> were the results good no <laughs> you know you could no, it was still the same oh no actually no no, no this, i got it i got it i got it i got it here ask me if the were the results were the results good oh <laughs> oh yeah because oh instead of right you cut off the first syllable or yeah the first yeah part? or the first letter oh yeah. so oh. it's just no is now oh <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So here, ask me yes and no questions and I'll give you my answers and I'll express myself too through those. Have you ever met a kangaroo? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what that means is, is no, but I'd like to. <laughs> well, you know, Brent is from Spod, our guest today, Spod. He's from Australia and I've been there maybe four times now and I have a funny Kind of an interesting story from when I first time I went to Australia. You want to is hear that it? Right? Is that right, Doug? Do you want to hear it? That's like this. Ask me if I want to hear it. Do you want to hear it? <laughs> so okay, we went on this uh, this little tour of the bush, right? The bush. They call the bush what we would call forest i guess or nature they just call it the bush checks out so we're in the bush and there's a group of these wallabies and kangaroos and this one big kangaroo there we had a guide but he he was like it's okay they come up to us they're friendly and this one came up right up at me with his fist like this you know what i mean is <laughs> he this is scared and in what it pulls something up. you know they have the pouch <laughs> yeah right it goes to reach in his pouch and it was like a slow motion scene from like an action movie i thought it was going to pull out a gun or something right yeah wait, well so wait at first let me ask you this did the kangaroo put his hand in his pouch and leave it there for a second and said do you say your money or your life you know it kind of just made it look like he kind of stuck one finger <laughs> in the pouch. You know, <laughs> you picture that a kangaroo putting his hand in his pouch, right? Sticking and one as finger, as and if, pointing as it as out. if it's a gun pointing at me. Yeah, or it it, but it was like that. But it was two. It was like two points like this, yeah. and I was like, I don't want any trouble, you know. And it pulls out this little bag, this plastic bag. Ah, and you would not believe what. What was in the bag? It was Louisville Vegan Jerky, our sponsor. No kidding. Well, how, what are the chances that this kangaroo would have yeah. such a thing? You, you know? gotta be kidding me. I mean, yeah, it was perfect pepperoni 
one of their many flavors at louisvillevegan.foods.com. Damn. And I said, what's going on here, mate, to the tour guide? And he said, oh, he's just being cheeky. He, um, this little bugger, he likes Louisville vegan foods. I said, where did he get such a thing? He said, well, he went to louisvillevegan.foods.com and he used the code word poundcast to get 20% off. No schnip. I said, even in Australia, he said, I don't know that. <laughs> He said, I'm not sure. He said the kangaroo could have been visiting the States. States, the States. The States, mate. I the don't States, know mate. if they do. That's not something I can, the kangaroo verified. But I do know that if you're in the States, you can get this stuff, this delicious jerky that, you know, you and I both love. And well, kangaroos I love the, it too, apparently. Well, the ruse was on, was on holiday. I thought you said the ruse. Like the, I, no, I called it the ruse. But you know, there's like a ruse is like a, a uh, kind of a plan, like a like a scam, like uh, the, uh, the ruse. Uh, well, the ruse, ruse. The ruse had a ruse. You know what I mean? The, well, the ruse the had, had a ruse. ruse. The ruse had a ruse to go on holiday in the states, and while there, he used the code word poundcast, get himself twenty percent off uh, at LouisvilleVeganFoods.com. And they happened. I was like, are you kidding me? They support. I told this to the guide. I go, do you realize that Louisville vegan foods and Louisville vegan jerky are the sponsors of my pound cast that I do? And he's, you know, what that guy said to me, it's like, I'm a pound pimple. Why don't you get an Australian guest? One of these days I said, I've been dying to get spot on the show. And he's like, ah, oh, Spot, he does Boys Night. I'm like, yeah. He's like, I thought I recognized you from that video. And we cracked a tinny and we got our eskies out and we hit Bondi with our sunnies. And the kangaroo came too. And we had a, we just had a, we had a party, you know. And did you, what, what did, you, did you talk about how during the party, did you talk about how the Louisville vegan jerky is bagged in the United States and that it's has a shelf life of nine months? Did they know that? He didn't know that. Oh, oh but I told I, I did tell him that. And he's like, he's like, mate, that's great, mate, because I have this. He has this Vegemite that he pairs it with. And we paired it. We, we brought the cultures together that day. We had a Vegemite jerky sandwich. Quick question. Mm -hmm. Vegemite is the <laughs> sort of veggie version of marmite right yeah no well, it's what's the same stuff well what is marmite made out of let me look it up I, it's some kind of like yeast or something so why oh vegemite is just another word for marmite let's look it up here um it's too what is they made out of Vegemite versus Malmite, what are they made out of? Vegemite must be made out of some kind of veggie. So, okay, the uh, Marmite is a thick, sticky paste made from yeast extract, mm. which is a byproduct of beer brewing. Interesting. Mm. Vegemite is also a thick yeast-based spread, but has added spices and vegetable flavors. So, yeah, there's the Vegemite oh. in Vegemite. So, Marmite is more of the pure um paste whereas vegemite 
has added spices and flavors. Interesting. You know what? I've tried them both, and they're both they're both good. I don't know if I've tried Vegemite. I've definitely had Marmite. Yeah, I. As far as I remember, they're it's this kind of the same thing. Well, the idea kind of, of the adding thing, veggies right? and spices they sound that sounds kind of good. Yeah, why not add some spice to it? Add some spice. So anyway, we can get on with the show now. Um, well, look, I guess, you know, okay. So besides Louisville vegan foods.com, use the code or podcast. We also, um, we're, we're, we're mainly supported by you, the listener. And if you want to support us and get bonus content, go to patreon.com slash poundcast, patreon.com slash poundcast. And you can get ages, heaps, loads of bonus extended Poundcast content episodes. And you don't just get 20% other little goodies here and there, you know? You don't just get 20% on, you get probably at least 50% on on each episode. Yeah, we're gonna and talk I, to I, Spod. We're gonna talk to Spod today, and then we're gonna get into it after dark. And you get the after dark bonus material by supporting us through Patreon. For you feel great. And for the video version, if you want video, there's youtube.com slash the poundcast. And subscribe to the channel if you you know want to know when the video comes out. And also there's an Instagram account and a Twitter account. They have the same handle and it's the poundcast. I would also like to say that I have some new merch out there. Uh, you can pre-order some of it. The shop name is a little long. It's shop.merchcentral.com slash collections slash Doug Pound. But if you just type in Doug Pound Merch Central, you'll find it. I have a hat that says the pounding on it. It's kind of cool. I have a new Doug Pound Corporation logo. And there's a few Poundcast shirts on there, too, even. And some some stickers are back. The stickers are back. So check that out. A little plug for that anything else we want to plug brent check out our youtube pages i just did because uh my brent's youtube and then my youtube youtube.com slash doug pound oh youtube.com slash brent weinbach yeah so and uh yeah and of course this will be on there this the the youtube.com slash the poundcast as he said and i think that's about it for the business part right and you know what's really cool every week one of our patreon most every week one of our Patreon subscribers does a remix of our theme song. And this week, Spod himself, our guest, made a theme song remix. And he did it in one night. He did it in one night. And he did it with vintage gear, all from 1996 or older. And he showed us. You'll see it in his studio where he's, he lives, where he calls in from in Tasmania. So if you get to get on the YouTube if you get on the YouTube, you can get you can check that out a little bit. But should we listen to that song and then get on the, with the show, Brent? I think so. Oh, no, no. Say, ask me again, Brent. Should we talk to Brent? <laughs> let's roll the let's roll the let's roll Spaz remix, and then we'll get on with the with the show. Okay, please please roll do roll a clip. Please roll a clip.
Welcome to Two Brents, One Doug. This is Doug speaking, and we have uh, Brent Weinbach over here, as far as what I can see, and Brent Griff Griffith? Griffin. Griffin. I knew it was yeah. Griffin, but then I said Griffith. Uh, it's, it's an honest But mistake. I don't it's call like you that. I call, I call you Spod, so. Yeah. It's but easy. I thought it'd be fun to have two. This is the first time we've ever had two Brents, so. I might have yeah, to call you Brent today. There might be some yeah, fun it's... hijinks, you know, some confusing, some confusion, some just classic farce, farcical stuff that happens on this episode. Love it. Where classic I start answering, hijinks. I start an- you start asking a, Doug starts asking a question about music and stuff. I start answering. I can I can talk about stand up. Exactly. My life, my life is in stand up. It's been a tumultuous journey up to now. <laughs> So, Spot, yeah. you are. By the way, the remix you sent is totally, totally rules. Oh, I, thanks. I love it, and you just cranked that out uh, last night, then, huh? Yeah. So I, um, yeah, just I got all the all the bits that you sent me, and then I ended up just using the last line of the song, and then I bashed it out. I don't know if you're not, if you can't see it, I did it on this guy. Yeah. SP what is 12. that? So it's an EMU SP12. So it's like the first ever kind of sampling workstation like an MPC. But it's like the one that they did. Um, I don't know. It started off like Boom Bap, all that New York hip hop stuff. So it's really lo-fi. It's 12-bit, super crunchy. And the magic of it is because the digital technology was so rough back then. When you pitch down, it aliases. So it sounds like it's got these sparkles on it. And it's the best sound in the world. So it's, it's I'm magic. sorry, what is, what is aliasing? So aliasing, it's basically reducing, I think, reducing bit rate, sort of, and then it's like the sound of the bits kind of clashing. I might be completely wrong. I know, I know what the sound is. I don't really know the technical thing behind it. What, is it, what does it sound like? Um, it sounds kind of sparkly. I don't know if this is on. I'll see if I can get this thing on and going and then we can um i don't want to make it boring for people who aren't watching but or for people who are watching sparkly i'm trying to think of what that yeah. sounds like but okay so like it's like some kind of rainbow give you, sounds like some kind of rainbow bright type thing or something right sounds like, <laughs> if instead yeah, of like, it's like here's a here's the 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 4k me going brent brent and then yeah. here's like the eight bit uh alias something like that it's exactly like that yeah that's yeah. pretty much it so but i'll figure it out what all right i'll figure out how to get all this shit working i've come in pretty hot well let's but, um, let me start from the beginning while that's turning while all your machines are warming up yeah um i think i was doing a a few years ago when i was hosting my month one of my monthly shows i don't know if it was two at crew or something but brennan walsh was like you should get this guy spot on. He's going to be in town from Australia. He does this song boys night. And I heard the song boys night and I was like, she that's, that's like right up my alley. I like, it's like a song you would make kind of a song I would make. Like when I heard it, I was like, that's something I would, it's like in my, in my vibe kind of, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's, and, that's nice. Yeah. yeah so know, I was like, he's booked. He's booked. I don't really, you know, I don't need to meet him. Whatever he's going to do, 
it's uh it's on and you uh you rocked the house that night big time that was that was a, a fun night yeah. and the good thing is if if i was complete garbage then you could have hung that on brenton and everyone wins really yeah oh, but, it's um, easy to yeah easy to do that but i didn't have to <laughs> but uh yeah it's great i love playing to completely uh new uninitiated audiences because it's like i know like i'm i'm a big i'm like a big dad kind of guy and so seeing me lumber about stage can be either exciting or confronting he's a big dad he's a big dad kind of guy just a big dad you are a dad now right i am a dad i'm actually i'm legally a dad yeah which is really great are you You double dad double dad or single Single dad. You were. Hey, a, I don't know if I could, Were you a legal dad, go dad, dad at one point? I was a lead, Yeah, I was just kind of like moonlighting as a dad, but then I decided to go full. You got you. You got your status. license. Yeah, basically, I sort of um, I've been like driving for a while, but under the radar. So I thought I'd get a license and go full pelt. Yeah. So, hey, so do that, it. So then, what happened was. So basically, you were back in said. L.A. and you said you're gonna. I don't know if this is the same chunk of time, but you were going to do the video for Boys Night, and I got to be in the video for my favorite Spod song. Well, it could be my second favorite song. I don't know, but oh, oh here we go. <clears throat> yeah, that was that, that was a a lovely, lovely because I'd never done a clip for it. That song I wrote in like 2010, <laughs> and like I spent this week making this album, which is the album that it didn't end up being on. It was this adult fantasy album, which you're you're actually on, Doug. I'm on that too. You're on that. So I did that in 2010, and then I was just like, oh, I don't know. So it's a bit sus. And it took me a while. So I'd play it live, and then it just became like this live favorite. And then I put it out in like 2018 and did the clip. Or 2016, then did a clip like a year later. There's no rules these days. You know, you can take all the time in the world. Yeah, you know, I've been thinking about that, making videos for songs that are like, you know, not the not just freshly released. like. Yeah. You know, older songs like because I feel like, unfortunately, to have a video to your song, it gets your song gets more attention, I guess you would say. It's like, for sure. Know. And I have a few songs make- that I think I, you know, I don't think I'm like the best musician or anything, but I have a few songs that I like that I think I'm pretty proud of. And um, maybe people aren't checking them out. Maybe if there's a video to them, people would be like, oh. Now it's I'm going to listen like, to it because it takes a lot to get someone to like go to Spotify or whatever. And yeah, you know, but people like, especially Instagram TV and stuff like there's so many outlets for videos now. I don't sound like a really old guy saying that, <clears throat> which I am, but it's fine. But yeah, like if you want to give a bit more light to a song that got missed, I think it's an awesome way to do it. You know, you know how to make a video. So what? You, you know. Oh, Brent, you had a question. Yeah, it's just a thought. It's just a joke thought. Is that you know how there's Instagram TV? Yeah. What if when is Instagram going to come up with Instagram movie theater? You know how there's movie theaters and TV, so it's you know it's a movie theater experience for Instagram. <laughs> yeah, maybe that. that's like Instagram VR. Maybe it's like it's nine by sixteen or whatever. You know, like vertical. You're in a yeah. movie theater with a big vertical strip. <laughs> Uh, that's what yeah. it is. It's nine by sixteen. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, nine by sixteen. Yeah, Instagram. That's, they need to. They need to take actual movie theaters and 
make them vertical for like the TikTok era. Ah, that's what it is. That's what that's it what is. Talking about okay, that's Imagine what it is. You go, you go to a movie theater, You go to a movie theater, and it is the, it's that vertical rectangle, kind of you know screen, but it's huge. Yeah. Wow! Imagine that. Imagine watching a movie in that format. What a trip! That's what I'm talking about. That'd be great. You know, it's it's probably gonna happen soon. <clears throat> Somebody will shoot it in uh, portrait mode or whatever. Yeah. People people have made movies on iPhones. They'll make one that's like that. So yeah. weird. It's probably already done. Yeah. It's but, yeah. It's probably. Probably somewhere that we don't know about that only shows TikToks on like an IMAX vertical. It's, it's such a weird format to sort of tell a story. But yeah, I mean, if somebody could implement that in a way that was really effective and made sense, that would be interesting. What if humans start evolving where our eyes go like this? <laughs> right, because they're on Instagram so much. Yeah, they're, they're on their phone so much. They're on, can't, like uh, a flounder, like you're yeah. born like this, you know, like how a flounder, like it's a normal fish and then it like eventually goes flat and his eyes like move the other way or something. Is well, that the thing is, is, is that people real? Would, I think that's real. People who are can't, Instagram becomes so popular and that format becomes so popular that if you can't keep up with it, you die, basically. And that's how the natural selection happens uh, for people to develop their eyes that way. It's kind of pretty close. If, you, uh, if you're trying, you know, you've so got to be on that grant. Spod, you're from Australia. Yes. But you're in mm -hmm. Tasmania now. Yeah, I've sort of been slowly sliding down the East Coast. So I was like in New South Wales, we went to Victoria. Then there, we're in Tassie now. Which is right down the bottom. Why are you in Tassie? For the devils? Um, well, yeah, just for the devils, my devil man. So <laughs> I love it. Big fan of the devils. <laughs> uh, no, a bit of a lifestyle change. Get a get a bit of space, and um, we're actually helping you know, for yeah, helping my wife's mum look after a property, which is where this is. This is in an old smokehouse, actually. You can't see it, but I was going to say smokehouse in the seventies. I was going to say that this looks more like a a bar, a restaurant, or a bar, or something like that. Because there's, or you know, it looks the stuff you have your equipment on looks like a counter that you would go up to to get something. It looks like a caf, ca, uh, coffee shop or something almost. You know? Yeah. Well, I make coffee for well, myself. Well, it is know. a coffee shop. It's a private. It's a private coffee shop. Yeah, a coffee shop for one. Can I this ask folks. what, can I ask, like, I don't know if I know this, but besides making some of my favorite music and songs, what else do you do? Uh, well, I made music videos. I still make music videos for bands. So I did that, like started that in like 2010 and sort of lived off that pretty much. And then, so I still do that a bit, but I'm focusing more on music again. And aside from that, I actually have a, beef jerky business that i started in 2013 do you so it's not it's not not vegan but i did <laughs> i started out doing a vegan jerky but um i really? did an eggplant jerky oh that's i've never seen that before that's wild yeah it was really good but it was um i was doing it all by myself at the time and it was really labor intensive and expensive to make because eggplants are water 
and you take the water out of it and you'd get like 30 kilos of eggplant and make like one kilo of jerky out of it. But the product was good. So I want to do that again. You're on straight beef now. Yeah, just been doing beef for years, but it's all grass fed and all ethically sourced and stuff. But it's um. And do you smoke it in something? That, I, you smoke it in that house you're in right here, or what? No, I have. I still have my kitchen in New South Wales. When but, you um, say New South Wales, are you talking? I mean, that's a whole like giant state. So yeah, well, like yeah, I, I could say that you know I was doing it in West Gosford. But that's oh, not. then I would know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> no, yeah, I, well, don't, I don't know. It's, it's all just in Australia. You don't have to know any more than that. Yeah, okay. West Gosford. It's like the armpit of Sydney. It's great. So I was like in the back of a butcher shop for six years and it was harrowing getting up at like 4 a.m. or 11 p.m. because I'd have to be in there when they were in there. And they had these, oh, this is hurts to even say, it haunts me but they had these white hoodies and on the back it just said eat sleep cut meat (laughs) and i just found that the most repulsive thing and the guy who ran it had like as like you know like on your phone right like what have i got on mine like my daughter right like you can't really see but you got a photo of something that's nice on your phone he had a photo of a girl laying back like spreading her vagina (laughs) In the, as in his, the butcher shop? Yeah, like as his everyday background for his phone. Like this guy was an oh. absolute maniac. <laughs> the scariest dude I've ever met. No pants on this woman. No pants. Complete, no pants. like a po- full-on fleshy porn. Hmm. And like maybe I'll be in there at like maybe. two in the morning and I'll like see that on the counter and like <laughs> I, I remember seeing that on the counter and then his wife called and like her photo came up like the, the name and stuff. And I was just like, this is a fucking weird life to live. What if that was his <laughs> wife? <laughs> Maybe well, it was. Yeah, sorry. I, it's I like, oh, you like my, the photo of my missus. I see you're looking at. <laughs> you're always uh, looking at my missus. What is it about my missus that you find interesting? I thought, I thought of a joke, but <laughs> it's know. probably not right. <laughs> Let's hear it, Brent. Well, on, I just thinking he cut, he cuts beef and stuff, right? He was a butcher, right? He eats, he sleeps, he cuts me. Right. And so maybe the picture wasn't there for sexual reasons, but just to sort of motivate him visually about sort of, you know. The ultimate cut or yeah, something like the that. Ultimate you know, cut. I don't know. People, <laughs> something. I don't know. I'm just, I don't, well, I don't really want to fully go there, to be honest. So. Well, look, if the but guy, like, if, yeah. if you're saying that perhaps butchers are psychos, <laughs> well, maybe <laughs> this that guy, one was. Maybe what this I'm one saying, was. Well, what I'm saying, I have, you know, I have a new thought is that maybe we need butchers because if he didn't have, if he wasn't a butcher, maybe he needed to get his fix by cutting meat by, you know, one way or the other. He's, he's going to take it out on a human. He needs not him, but maybe somebody and they need to, to to keep them, to keep serial killers (laughs) busy doing something with, I honestly think that that's, I think there's a part of that. Like there's a real primal need to. Well, kill stuff and this dude like his fingers are like this thick you know like does that dude who looks like the he looks rock like monster out of labyrinth his feet are, his hands are or his fingers are meat yeah basically actually we're like, all meat i guess si- well yeah we're just beef balls <laughs> but but, but by the way just to clarify what i mean is is that sometimes people in a crude way will refer to vaginas as 
meat or something like that or a roast beef or something like that yeah you've heard that People's we've heard that right and so Which that's kind of what was kind of going through my head when saying oh it motivates him you know to yeah cut, to make some well, nice slices or something part of the com- i don't know I confronting don't know. part of it like i've always been pretty ginger with I've never seen a vagina, so I just I don't know. I mean, but some it's I heard it was like that. I don't know. Yeah, same. I've only seen that photo of his wife's vagina. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. where I've only heard of the photo. You know, that's my <laughs> my only reference point. I looked at it a lot, but I, I never never figured it out. But the confronting part of it was like you're in this butcher shop, and yeah, like there is blood and stuff everywhere, and it's like two in the morning, and then you see that photo. And it is like, it, it was like, yeah, I know, like, it, it's a mental game. I think it was like a psych out to take the the weak men out of the cut pit, <laughs> whatever you call it. Anyway, I don't want to talk about that. It's harrowing history. <laughs> but I made an incredible product in there. And, and you're uh, still making that. And I'm still making it. So, yeah, what's, like, I, what's it I, called? I set up my own Griffin Jerky. Oh, it's your own. Your own name, yeah. namesake. Yeah. And you are you Probably. everywhere? Are you in all the stores? Yeah. Like in Sydney, where we're pretty heavily stocked, but with the lockdown and stuff, it's been pretty tough. Because that's my main sales place. But yeah, sell online, sell sell everywhere. So you guys are locked down so again? It goes well. Yeah. So we've been pretty like pretty quick to lock down to um so we ha- haven't really had many cases in Australia, but we've had a blow up because we've got a uh, a government in New South Wales, the state, uh, they're pretty hopeless. And they've, uh, I, know, I don't want to get too into it. It's pretty boring. But Victoria have like a liberal government, which means, not liberal, the Labor government. So it's the non-conservative party. And they'll do quick lockdown, seven days, contain the virus, will be gone, and then everyone goes back to normal. And they did it really hard at the beginning. Like, you know, it was super hard for everyone to live there, but they reaped the benefits of it. New South Wales never had any cases really, so they were living a high life. Now they've been hit with this new Delta strain. And because they're like a conservative government, they don't want to be seen doing what Victoria did because they were so critical of them. And now it's kind of getting out of control because they didn't lock down and shut it all down quickly enough. So yeah, that's getting pretty crazy now. So Sydney's in a full lockdown now. And then you made a song called, you have a new song called Lockdown. Yeah, Pick Up Your Penis. You know, incredible tips on how to deal with the lockdown. (laughs) And I watched your video on how you made that song. That was pretty cool too. You made it with all pre-1996 gear. Yeah. So everything I do music on, Ends at about, yeah, 95, 96 is like the newest. Aside from the computer that I mix the final thing down onto, it's all just, yeah, super old. I don't know why, what my obsession with old gear is, but it's a, it's a do sickness. You, do you feel it makes the music sound old? Okay. Well, I think, yeah, it gives it, for me, it's like you're operating, it's like time travel almost. You're operating by a different rule set, which I find really interesting. And you're bound by the limits of that technology. So if you do something that sounds really modern and fresh with it, it's it's in a different kind of way. Like I don't even know what is modern and fresh. I'm pretty shut off. But 
It's like, I don't know, things that come out of it feel quite unique and it's yeah. a struggle to get anything. So it makes it simplify because I'd find I'd be on a computer and I just, I just couldn't control myself and I'd get like 130 tracks, ridiculous edits and it made no sense. It didn't make the song any better. So I thought distill it down to the important parts, use all this equipment that I love the sound and the workflow of. It's much more limited. It sounds- Record down to tape, and then what comes out at the end is like this more unpolished, I think, like a kind of vibrant thing. It t- tends to have a bit more life to it, and it's, it's just it's- a lot more fun to do. It sounds a lot like why I like um, v- old video game music from the 80s and early 90s, because um, the limitations that were there at the time made the composers create this kind of music that to me sounds like its own genre of music. It sounds Mm. like nothing else. And then as you get into later video game music, when there's more freedom, it starts to sound more like anything else or sound. It doesn't have as unique of a, even as a genre, it hasn't, doesn't have as unique of a sound. Anyway, it sounds kind of really similar to that. Yeah. It's like the Commodore, I grew up on the Commodore 64, which is like a computer that played video games basically that everyone in Australia had. And the chip in that, the SID chip, is pretty renowned as being a, a pretty unique, cool sound. And the music that they composed on that chip, technically, it only had three channels in the chip. Mm-hmm. Then, but they would, ha- they would find smart ways of splitting it into snares and hi-hats and stuff. That's right, yeah. So they were like pushing it, and it was like the highest technology they had. So it wasn't even a limitation to them, but it was capping them on what they could do. And what they got out of it seems a lot more impressive and exciting than yeah like if they could just record audio you know I, the sound I, of that chip is ridiculous yeah i think there there's definitely something to limit limitations because i'm the same way when there's so many there's like a million plugins and a million different sounds you kind of just get stuck in the weeds of like making choices if there's less choices to make then mm. it makes it easier to like make something yeah, yeah. It's you know stream, I mean? it stream, streamlines your ideas and also streamlines your options. So you're not sort of like, oh, I wonder what that would sound like if I put it through a reverb and a delay and 40 delays and a flanger and then bust that into something else, which you can get trapped into here as well. You just have to physically do it. So you have to kind of be a bit more committed to try it because you've got to patch things and pull chords out and You know, it just makes you think a bit heavier on what you're doing, which can be annoying. Like sometimes I just wish I could just chop a bit of audio and like repeat it and put it wherever you want. But you just go, all right, well, you take that, you sample it in, you trim it up, and then you've got to play it in basically because I do all my sequencing on like the MPC 3000, which is like what Dre did the chronic on and stuff. Do you control control the SP... What number is the SP? SP twelve. Do you do you control the SP twelve with the twelve with the with the Akai? Yeah. So basically, if if you if you, I'll get a little nerdy on it. So the Akai sends clock out to my whole studio, which basically, like, if you don't do music stuff, it's basically yeah, like it's a clock. It keeps time of all your gear. So it sends a clock out to the SP twelve. So if I press play on the MPC 3000, the SP12 will play at the same tempo. And then I can select tracks on the MPC and then control pretty much any piece of gear in my studio from it. 
Yeah, I've been getting which, into that. I was trying to look for my MIDI cable. But yeah, it's just MIDI. When you plug them together, they just sync up. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, this is all just MIDI cables, like syncing everything. And I've got like, yeah, like old samplers and old synths with conversion conversion boxes so you can change MIDI to CV. And it, yeah, it's like it takes a while to figure all that stuff out. But this is the first studio I've had that I've actually been able to settle this up properly which is exciting because I've always had it piled on top of each other and it's been like a rat's nest and yeah. this is, I can get behind everything and it's, it's the best. Whenever I want to play with my like analog or MIDI stuff, I have to like unplug stuff and like repatch it, which makes me kind yeah. of like not want to use it as much. So it'd be nice to have it all just ready to go. You got, you got to get yourself a couple of little patch bays. Aha. You get them in America for like 60 bucks. You plug all your gear into the back of it. You run all your outputs on the top, all the inputs down the bottom. And then you can basically route anything to anything really quick. So if you've got like, I don't know, like four little analogs that you want to have hooked up all the time, get yourself a patch bag. And you can route everything everywhere. That's what I do. Well, patch bag just kind of, it makes me think of pirates, you know, because patches and also bays you know uh, their ship is going to come into the bay you know so i'm just thinking yeah. of pirates when i hear patch bay yeah how do you deal yeah. with that? how well, do you deal with how well, do you deal with not thinking about pirates when you're doing music you know using doing music no, i'm just kidding. You, you don't fight it you're basically hide you're, you're stealing all your one synth to put to a different position so you're kind of pirating the signal that's right to reroute reroute of the randy studio so yeah. you're not too wrong Ah, so have you ever had? Have you ever had a a hit song on the radio in Australia? Yeah, when I on my first record, Taste Radness, which came out in like two thousand and three, had a few songs on that that were played a lot, like a song called um, "Let's Dance," which is like basically just it was me doing trying to do like a weirder version of like Missy Elliott, um, that you know, get your fuck on song. It kind of goes like this. Like, it goes, let's dance. Da, 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 da. Let's dance. <laughs> da, 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 da. No, all let's his songs dance. aren't that same melody, Brent. They're, they're different ones, too. <laughs> but if somebody did that. <laughs> That's a good idea, the though. They just, someone <laughs> did, they just did the same melody and they just changed the word. They just changed the main phrase, you know? I came across the greatest melody ever written. I'm just gonna <laughs> so all my songs are the same <laughs> melody. <laughs> Not a bad idea. I wanted to do that for a record where I just eight versions of the same song, all in different sort of styles. Oh yeah, but um, but yeah, but so, I, I said it was a get uh, your freak on kind of style thing. Yeah, so yeah, I was just like get your freak on, get your freak on in that song. Did I was, you have? I a- basically did that, but said get your fuck on because I was young and thought I was being a bad boy. But it got flogged on the radio, and it says fuck in it sixty three times. So suck eggs, radio. Wait, I don't think they realized. They didn't realize it said the F word? No, well, I don't know. Like, I think they realized it said it, but not that much because it's pretty muffled and it's like a pretty heavy sounding song. Whoa, that's yeah. interesting. That's neat that you kind of got away with having it played on the radio and it, it wasn't censored. Yeah. So, but it was like on the, on the, uh, on Triple J, which kind of they pl- play stuff without censoring too much. Oh, okay. But there is, there is a limit to it. And I don't think they would have played it as much if they knew. So did you have that kind of, 
kind of sound going on in your thing? Uh, I Wait, did what if I what if I played a little bit of it? Oh, yeah. go. Cool. Okay, I'm gonna share my screen. Can you turn that on, Brent? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Well, I, yeah. I know. Is, doesn't a, that have? Didn't that have phenomenon. like um the backwards thing? You know, I'm not married yet. Yeah. Well, I'm, I wasn't as clever as Missy Elliott. I did. I've made that on actually this Atari ST. I did the whole record on that. You have all the old computer systems. Do you have a Commodore 64 yeah. as well? Yeah. I, oh. Yeah, let me show you one. Oh, maybe I didn't. Hold on. One second. I got it. Can you share sound? There we go. Oh, is that it up there? Yeah, that's in. That's one in the box. It's never been taken out. My friend found it in my grandma's house. Oh, Oh, here we hear this. I can hear it. Yeah. Yeah. I went through a real sex thing on this album. I was a horny boy. So apologies. I don't want to get dinged by the, uh, I don't know if YouTube will ding right. me for that. So that is, I, I, you definitely can hear the F word a lot. <laughs> well, yeah. But it's like well, when I go into the role and get you fucked on, it's pretty muted. In the uh, well, maybe in Australia, they're they don't care as much about swear words on the radio. It's not going to like destroy society or something. They're a bit mad, lack. Yeah. Don't they? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. But, uh, yeah, we're bad boys. We we don't give a hoot. How did well, you, you know? It's how funny. did you start making music? Let's start from the beginning. Can I just interject real quick? Yeah. Before we get to that, just about. Australia being, um, I don't know, more uh, accepting of that stuff. I went to the Coca-Cola Museum in Atlanta, Georgia once, and there was a room where you could taste all these different sodas that they, I guess, own from different parts of the country. And while you're in there, on the TV screen, there were commercials for Coca-Cola playing from different parts of the world. And the one from Australia was very sex, sexy, sexual, just showing a lot of skin. And I guess my impression of Australia at that point, this was in the, I don't know when I went, maybe it was the early 90s or something. I made, made me think, oh, Australia is a very liberated sort of place when it comes to stuff like that, or not as censoring as uh, other places. So that all kind of checks out is what I'm saying. Yeah, especially like in the 80s and 90s, we had a real sort of horny, beachy vibe, mm-hmm. real bikini-clad kind of vibe. You had a real, Before, like, Paul, they had a real Paul, Paul Hogan kind of sexual vibe, you know? Yeah, until, um, <clears throat> yeah, they found out that Brunt here is gross and racist. <laughs> oh, is Paul Hogan like that? I don't know if Paul Hogan's like that. There's a lot of ugliness to Australia, but like, anyway like america and let's not get into that let's get into some fun stuff let's get into how you get horny let's get yeah. yeah let's how did you start now how did you start getting um how did you start getting horny all right so the first time i got horny was i found a porno mag in a cave in the bush where I remember it clearly <laughs> in uh, the the bush like the forest dude what it is sounds- up with that because i think we're about 
this in the same age range. And like when I was a kid, we used to find playboys in the woods too. Like, dude, yeah, right. That's where we had to go. Yeah, you go to the 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 bush. Yeah, and you find the cave that everyone talks about. And when you find it, it's like stumbling across an Aztec ruin. And you're like, I think this is the cave, and you can tell because it's like a branch up on it. And you're like, some teenagers put that up. And you all get in there and you find the magazines, and they're all damp. And you go, oh, I don't know, it must have rained. And then, um, you all sit around and flick through the mag, and you hope the big guys don't come and bash you. It's you amazing. Know- you know how like yeah the whole th- the pages are sticky and stuff yeah. like like it's as if people are like jizzing on the magazine or something but yeah. like do people would they want to do that to their magazine wouldn't the magazine kind of be up like out of the shooting area you know what i mean like <laughs> it seems like that it's just got to be it's just got to be rain i'm going to i'm going to say that most of the time if you ran a dna test you're not going to find semen yeah, rain condensation. That's what it is. Yeah. Your spring. Well, you know how some people, for, you know, they like to ejaculate onto a person, you know? Maybe they think that about the picture in the, and they, it gives them this sort of feeling of ejaculating onto a person. And, and then also maybe they think, well, I'm not going to have this forever. This is, a mag it's a magazine that you use and then when you're done with using you throw away and you get a new one but it's maybe like toilet so the, paper the, yeah exactly it's like toilet paper like, exactly you're kind of using penis. it to sort of you know clean up your mess with in a way in a kind of titillating fashion but also maybe they're also thinking well you know what i'm not going to just throw this away i'll leave it for some kids to find i guess yeah I mean, I'm done with they, it. Now a kid can find it. You know, it's yeah. used. But, uh, like, yeah, this I mean, is... It's like a used condom in a way. No, I'm pretty sure <laughs> it, it was like this... It was a precious item that you can't... It's not a single-use thing. It's like you got to put it back It's an next alley. week. You got to go back to that bush for next week. Well, I was thinking the, the adult The adult does that. You know? Yeah. Adult. Well, it, adults aren't leaving magazines in the bush, hopefully. You're hoping it's all like it ends at about 16, you know? Yeah, the adult. Yeah, I guess you know, that makes sense. Like when I was growing up, I would assume like some adult left it there. But really, some kid found it in his dad's drawer. And that's yeah. where all the kids are hanging out in the in the bush or the forest where we would find it. That's how it'd get in there. Other, other kids riding it out there on their dirt bike. Yeah. You just uh, find your illicit things, hide them in a little cave and Hope no one takes it. <laughs> and we, out the front of this cave, uh, don't know why I remember this so clearly, but we all, <laughs> I can't, like, I try and remember back to what drove us to do this, aside from this is kind of what 13-year-old boys do. Well, it wouldn't have even been that. But anyway, we, it was quite, there was a lot of clay around, so we made, like, a three-foot-high penis out the front of the cave. <laughs> <laughs> and we would have spent, I can remember it like it was getting dark and we're like, we better go. But <laughs> we would have spent like four hours making this clay penis out the front of the, the cave. And it was there for ages. Like we would go past, have a look. It just stayed there forever. And I just want to know what other people who weren't involved in the making of the penis would have thought about finding the penis. <laughs> I wonder if it's still there to this day. Maybe they're and like, it- 
Uh, we got to this. We're going to stay away from this cave, I guess. You know, it's kind of a bad <laughs> omen or something. And is the penis sticky? No. I reckon it would be rock hard. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to, I'd like to think it's um, you couldn't move it if you tried. It's probably in a museum somewhere. <laughs> it's so uh, early 80s, early 80s art. Anyway, don't know why I remember that. That's neat. That's a, that's well, a cool monument. Yeah. <laughs> a monument to horny boys. Everywhere. Maybe it'll be there for thousands of years and people will think somebody will first, stumble upon it. You know? Yeah. They, yeah. They see, they'll the be uncovering boys the secrets of our... Say it again. I'll be uncovering all the secrets of, of our civilization <laughs> and that'll just like rise from the ashes like a monolith. <laughs> it, it would be funny for tour guides to use the phrase horny boys in a very professional way. So yeah, this was uh, this is an old monument from some horny boys that um, from probably the you know early to you know the early 1980s, and uh, it's still here after all these years. And um, the horny boys would later go on to um, ejaculate into magazines and um, hide them in the bushes. I don't know, just I, it's an archaeological dig and. To find yeah. sort of remnants of horny boys, horny boy civilization. Well, that's it. It's not an easy thing to find. Would there you recommend horny boys out there? Would you recommend uh, people or to someone who's who's interested to move to Australia? I would. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess so. It depends on what you want out of life. I guess. Like these days, I think being in Tasmania is good for like the harrowing years we have ahead but you know who knows but yeah i love australia i love living here but i um think it's a great place is tasmania is tasmania a whole nother country or is it just like a state off of the australia it's just it's a state that's just separated by by water so it's an island off an island so it's like your hawaii yeah basically but we're I don't know how close Hawaii is. We're only like an hour from Melbourne. I know. I'm just Hawaii is a lot. It doesn't really. Can, it, it's not the same. Um, it's cold Hawaii. What are the it's very cold? What are the downsides and the upsides of living down under? Uh, being, I think, how removed we are from the rest of the world physically is pretty. When you're like growing up, and when, when in the old days when you could travel. It was quite hard to get off Australia to go to. I always wanted to go to America when I was like a teenager or early 20s, but I just couldn't afford it because flights were expensive and it was so far. So you kind of, yeah, like a bit landlocked. In America, it seems like you can drive to Canada, Mexico, and there's so many states within it. In Australia, there's only like a handful of states and a lot of that is kind of desolate. So it's really like if you want like a city kind of thing, it's like Sydney and Melbourne and then Brisbane, maybe Hobart, but it's, you know, so it's a bit bit more on the down low, but on the plus side of that, the communities here are really nice. Like the music community I had growing up was kind of really, it was cool. It was uh, people are helping. It felt like everyone was trying to help each other out for the most part and, I'm sure that's the same everywhere, but I guess you kind of have to, if you're stuck here, be a bit nicer. I don't know. 
it but seems like it. it seems like if you're from Australia, you could easily move to LA and take all the acting jobs that you want. Yeah, it's well, we have we have a a, a year in school just dedicated to moving to LA and taking acting <laughs> jobs. There are and a lot of night. there's a lot of Australian actors out 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 there, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I miss the days when uh, you could go to America and people would be like, oh, an Australian, oh, like, <laughs> feel all special. And now it's just like, oh, God, <laughs> well, you just get mocked. <laughs> because there are so many Australian actors that play uh, American roles, is it easy for Austral- Australians to do American accents? And if so, can you do one? Do you want me to try well, yeah. I just, um, well, first of all, is it easy for you to do an American accent? And have you ever tried to? I used to do it all the time with a friend. We used to always, like, we'll pretend we're English all the time and then we'll pretend we're American all the time, just as a joke. Yeah. Um, what does that sound and, like? And uh, I kind of remember going, like, oh, I think this would sound all right, but I've never done it in front of an American and I haven't probably done it in 10 years. So I don't know. But so this is terrifying, but I'm going to try it. What should I say? Um, say, uh, I was, oh, I, wa- I went down to the, I don't know. Even say, saying it in my say, head. Is no, say, say, hey, guys, uh, we're going to go. We're going to go to AMPM and get a 32-ouncer. You want anything? Hey, hey guys, we're going to go to AMPM to get, like, 32-ouncer. Are you guys down or, or, <laughs> or can, a bit out of practice? I can still hey, hear. Any, any of you guys want <laughs> <laughs> you guys want to go down to Venice Beach to like, I don't know, I want to practice my back t- backside t- tail slides and want to go on the curbs down there. <laughs> curbs. <laughs> oh, that's curbs. I'm going to work on this. Say, hey, bro. Uh, being... Hey, bro. Do you, hey, bro. Do you want to go do some front side board slides and some curbs? Hey, <laughs> even as I'm saying, going to say it, it sounds like shit. Hey, bro, do you want to go down and do some frontside curb slides? Um, <laughs> curbs. <laughs> I, sound... <laughs> uh, I don't know if I'm nailing it. But, uh, but you yeah, must like. Did you grow up skating? Because I see your wonderful collection up there. I'm, I'm looking at it. I think I see a Steve Caballero. I see Neil Blender. I see yeah. uh, Mark Gonzalez. Yeah. What There's else is up there? Guns. Got yeah, a bunch of old guns, blind boards, a couple of crooked boards. Yes, look, I'll give you a little run. So, yeah, I grew up skating in the eighties. It's all back to front, so it's hard to. The Chris Miller, that heated wheel is Neil Blender's current company, which is cool. And Wait, then, what yeah, is what is his current heated, company? Heated wheel. He makes actually. He makes these. Have you seen these things? Polarizers. I know he makes those, but I didn't know he had another, like a regular board company. Yeah. So it's the same company, Heated Wheel, but he made like vert boards and stuff. So that's a vert board he made. And I just couldn't bring myself to bloody uh, ride it. And he also wrote my name on the top of it. And so as you can see, like a massive dorp, I've left a bit of plastic that he wrote on top of it. It was super embarrassing to say out loud. But yeah, I got a Tommy Guerrero. That's an actual one from the 80s at a one. Do you know about skateboard raffles? No. What's that? No, I don't want to ruin your life, Doug. But on Facebook, there's these groups. There's one called the Sharks, I think, in America. 
and they basically get old skateboards and they raffle them off. So you can buy a ticket for 10 bucks. 30 people, without, you know, however many people burst the price they want to get for the board. And then you can win boards. And I, a bunch of these I won for 10 bucks. And like old blind board, more and stuff. So yeah, a lot of them are reissues and stuff, but Tommy's real. And um, yeah, I just I love old skateboards. This is my newest skateboard I'm going to set up, which is like a Gons uh, Beamer. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Does it have the cutouts on the wheel well? Yeah. So it's got wheel wells in these big routed areas to make it lighter. So it's the same weight as a normal board, but it's like 11 inches wide. Damn. And it's got cool. this, I don't know if you can see it, but it's got a beam through it. See? It's, like, it's got a what? A beam, they call it. That's why it's called a beamer. So it's like, see the in the concave, there's a dip in the middle. I can see it. It's set up so oh. like, oh yeah, yeah. When yeah. you put when you put your trucks on, you get a bit more clearance because they're such wide boards. Got it. That's interesting. I thought yeah, when you said, old... I thought when you said beam, I thought you said vein, and I thought it does look like there's a vein in it though too. You know, yeah, the way yeah, that it's raised. It's got the main right, vein. Well, <laughs> let's kick it back. Let's let's roll back the time machine. How um, did you? When did you get into like making music? Um, boring interview being... question number one, but I want I want to know. <laughs> uh, no, it's a. Uh, it was when I heard Ween for the oh. first time. Oh. So like me and my friend, we heard Shalua Daisies on the radio. This like would have been ninety three or four or whatever. Ninety three, I think. And me and my friend called each other and we were calling each, like I called my friend and I was like, did you hear that song? Like back when everyone would just have the radio on. He's like, yeah, what the hell was that? And we're like, well, I don't know. So we had to go find out, went to the record shop. Said, oh, we heard this Daisy's song on the radio. And like, oh, Wayne, we bought the CD. We went home. Me and my friend just got obsessed with it. And then we thought, it sounds like we could do it. Which at that point, it was like off the back of hair metal, I was a massive hip hop fan and rock fan, but the recording and production of that seemed completely out of my capabilities. But Wayne sounded like anyone could do it because it was just on a four track. It was all sounded pretty rough. But what I came to learn is they're incredible songwriters and real great musicians, and that kind of helps. <laughs> but <laughs> I struggled along for a while. So me and my friend we were like moved in with each other and bought a four track and bought a drum machine and wrote ridiculous amounts of songs like here are some of the tapes wow. did and it's like it's really nice because it's like a um almost like a diary of my life through the 90s when you go through the tapes they're completely embarrassing to listen to you gotta release but, the um, tapes release the tapes man i don't know maybe i don't know if anyone wants that <laughs> <laughs> pretty fucked. It's, it's fun to like, listen to. It's fun. I love listening to like homemade four track songs, you know, like. Yeah. But I know I it's have like, my own stack of tapes from when I had a four track. And yeah. yeah, it's like not listenable, really. It's, it's scary to to think anyone like we released tapes back then. I had like a um a tape record label called Star Destroyer Recordings because I was a massive Star Wars nerd. 
and we would sell tapes and stuff and leave like little zines in record shops because I was a little freak. I would um, sneak into the shop and like just go over and like pick up a magazine and then put down my pile and like walk out. Like, because I didn't want them, I was too embarrassed to ask them if I could put, put my zines in there and stuff. Did you ever get busted? I got, yeah, like I remember doing it at Waterfront Records once as I was walking out. They went, oh, I'll see you next time. So they were watching me. They knew I was coming in and out being a freak. But I know those guys now. And they just said, everyone used to do that. Everyone was a freak who made a zine. And they're all scared of talking to anyone. So they'll just come in and, like, leave tapes on the counter with, like, a price on them and just leave, hoping people would buy them. And, go, oh, we didn't. All right. They'll take the money. They'll sell them. But you would never ask for the money. Just trying to look legitimate, you know. Yeah, it's, and not knowing I mean, how to get your music out. It is hard to not sound like an old fart and say like the good old days of having to go to a record store and like the fun. It you know, it's kind of like discovering music that way, like on your own. Where now it's just like all on a computer, like at your desk. Anything you yeah. want, you know. There's something about that and making zines. Like I never made a zine, but my my best friend in high school made one. I think I kind of helped him with it. It was called coping compression. <laughs> it was a skate zine. It was just like me and him skating some curbs. And then he would take photos of some other stuff and like, you know, putting it all together and like giving it to people. I don't know. There's something about that. That's like, yeah, the good old days like, kind of thing. You know, Brent yeah, knows all about the also- good old days. The other Brent. Oh yeah. Double Brent. You gotta love, love the, the good old days. days. I love but the good old days. But there's something about, like, back then, it was the way that you kind of, you were trying to find or invent your own community, I guess, which online now is so much easier. So for lonely kids who have weird interests, it's a boon, you know. But then it also has the problems of validating terrible ideas as well, which, you know, would happen back then as well. But it was all a bit slower, which I miss. And to be fair... It does take some work to explore obscure music on even on the internet. You know, you have to you do have to sort of delve into it and do research. Still, it just makes it a. It's just it's more convenient than the old days, but uh, but you still have to sort of apply yourself and uh, yeah. Well, it's like still exciting, still exciting to find something new and weird and interesting and it's still it's harder than ever to find really because back then it was like oh you like ween oh here's a beck record and you're like what that's incredible oh you like beck here's cake oh that's not so good oh here's you know like you just kind of made your way through like you know i found the frogs through buying a ween cd and um i love the frogs for through the 90s but these days i don't imagine they'll go down so well pretty rough do you know the frogs? I, I saw them live once. What? But I wasn't a fan. It was like, I think my friends were going. And I was like, I'll check out the frogs. I think they were from Milwaukee. But yeah. Yeah, we saw them. And uh, I do remember they were like hazing like their roadie or something. They kept knocking something over and some guy would come out and pick it back up. And then they would like knock it over again just so this guy would. It was just like this weird. It was an interesting uh, show. But yeah, yeah. Aren't, aren't, are there are they kind of like really crass and like 
uh, problematic so, lyrics kind of thing or what so problematic but it's like <laughs> but it's yeah, joking it, even at the time like i wasn't gonna buy an album that would do their theme seriously obviously but like you know there's like pedophilia jokes and stuff like there's one called uh, children run away from the man with the candy but they would always have like these clever ways of wrapping it up into something else and it was so absurd and so disgusting that there was kind of like i don't know it was like a secret club that you got it but i i hate to think people took it seriously and for them as well like i'm sure they would have had fans who were like oh yeah i'm into that and it's like oh shit like they'll do like you know really racist stuff they did an album like called racially yours and they're in blackface on the cover and it's like oh my it's, god it's fucking wild and just the the audacity of it and the balls of it because they're just two brothers in milwaukee like they, they could do whatever they want they'll make these vhs tapes they'll sell just constantly putting stuff out and they'll do improvised albums so they'll just hit record and just start playing a song and making it all up on the spot so the album that i loved of theirs was called even the title's terrible my daughter the broad it was like completely made up songs on the four track yeah some of the most disgusting stuff but so funny and yeah just really subversive really gen xy i guess like i wouldn't even try and defend it to someone if someone's like this is disgusting i'm like yeah it is but the context and where they're coming from like they weren't disgusting people they're like kind of sweet artistic you know, guys that's that, that that kind of brings up a point about um I was watching this podcast. You know, Howie Mandel does a podcast now. Right. Do you know who Howie Mandel is? I know the name. I think I know his face. He a, was a stand-up comedian in the 80s, and then he started getting TV shows, and now he, he's a host of America's Got Talent and uh, different things. You know? He's like a game show host now. He's a game, t- right. game show host, yeah. And, um, but he, uh, like has a bald guy, pretty shiny. He, he's yeah, bald, shiny. and he's, he's yeah. known to be germaphobic, too. Right. Um, but yeah, he was bald. But in the 80s, he had curly hair, though. Uh, but anyway, he was talking about how, you know, about offensive material and people getting sensitive about that. And he was just talking about how, you know, the reason when something was inappropriate, that was why it was funny is because it wasn't. It's inappropriate. That's why it's funny. And yeah. that people have less i don't know tolerance for that like yeah like it's such a fine line because there's so many people who hide behind that and and just filthy like it's it's, you know like it's just um yeah it's like it's such a hard thing to to balance out i think it's easier just to go you know what this is just unacceptable and like i've got songs that are like when i was starting out which is just me trying to be, because I grew up on NWA and all that sort of stuff. Like I was a massive hip hop fan. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to do that. I'm going to talk about, and that's what that first record was. Like, I'm going to talk about having sex and doing all kinds of horrible things because I found it so funny. Like it's sort of, especially coming from the context of just like this dorky suburban Australian guy who thinks he's like a sex dude. But there's like, there's a song on that taste of Radness album, which I I, I want to take off Spotify because <laughs> it's I don't I don't agree with it even being funny anymore. You know? Which song is it? 
It's called On the Heat. On the and Heat? On, on Heat. It's on just heat. about being, yeah, it's like a sex rap, but it's a terrible rap. It's a terrible beat. But I wrote the lyrics, I don't know, it was like one of the first raps I ever wrote on a train. And it's, I was trying to be as disgusting as possible. You know, this is when I love the frogs and <laughs> hardcore hip hop and stuff. And now I'm just like, if someone wants to take issue with that, I'm like, yeah, you win. Like, I was a fucking idiot, you know? And yeah. I guess I don't yeah, defend I, it. Yeah, but you is... should not be judged now for, like, right. obviously, no one's going to. But it's, you know, it still I'm... exists now. So I, I, I understand <laughs> it. But That's true. It, but, you know, yeah. so if I, if I stop it from existing now, it won't feel so bad. But it is also, it's, you know, like, it's a little time capsule for me, but. You know, even saying it now is making me nervous, but no one cares about me. <laughs> but, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes things are, are just funny because they're wrong. Not things, yeah. but I mean jokes. Jokes are funny when they're so wrong, you know? Yeah, and still, that still exists. You just, you yeah. know, you just but you have to do be the, clever yeah. about it. Right. That's true. Because I spent years, like, I had backup dancers. Like, it's two girls who danced with me. And our whole thing was to try and pretend we're, like, huge R&B band or a huge hip band in a pub to 50 people like we just found that super funny and also like working really hard on like a really exquisite kind of production really involved production was ridiculous but you know they would come up with all these ridiculous things to do like they used to make me like a banana sundaes on stage and then like they would like kneel down and offer me the banana sundae and i'll taste a bit and i'll just so it's disgusting. And then they'll just take it off stage. And now that seems so, like at the time it was ridiculous because it was, it seems so sexist and so misogynistic. But then the whole show is basically me being an absolute wreck and the girls holding the show together. So it's kind of like their show and I'm just running around being a fuckwit. So the context of it for me was like, and the girls like uh, Amber and Kylie was really funny to us. But then, like, I, we used to have people who would take, have a problem with that. And I'm like, well, yeah, like, you know, you see, you're seeing it through a more pure lens. Like, it's loaded up with all this irony for me, but that doesn't mean it's not someone else's um, job to have to decide for that. And so you, yeah. you have to wear it. You're being, you know? you're, you're satirizing. Oh, did we lose? Did no, we lose? that was, he just, that was his last word and he was out of <laughs> He's like, I'm out. Now you heard it here, and I'm out. Well, let's see if he shows back up. Wow, this is amazing, man. We just, hey, well, you know, it's funny. It's been about an hour. Maybe he's on a strict. Maybe he was on a strict schedule. You know. Well, I hope nothing bad happened in Tasmania. Like uh, one of the devils got into his, <laughs> got into his uh, studio. There's a devil in the smokehouse. I wonder if um, he knows what we're talking about. The, ta the Tasmanian devil. That's what oh, I was I, talking about. That dumb, like, oh, I thought that was a great joke. I loved that joke. Oh, thank you. I, in fact, I wanted to ask more about devils, Tasmanian well, ones. That is, hopefully, we can keep talking. I mean, we've gone about an hour, we could wrap it up. I do have one last thought, but I could save it for the after hours, too. After dark, the after dark. Um, well, that's that's cool. This is kind of a post show. <laughs> I wonder what happened. Maybe his, his device ran out of batteries or something like that, or. Could have happened. Well, why don't we just do this? Should we just wrap it up right now and then go into after dark? Or 
Yeah, I mean, we've gone an hour. Let's uh, let me check it. E the email. Maybe he emailed me. No. Well, maybe he maybe he was like talking about that song, and he's like, you know, what? I'm out. I can't. He's he canceled. Bringing up, it's he bringing up memories him. of like I wish I hadn't. He canceled. You know, him. I wish I didn't write that song, and I. I I'm, he's like. Maybe he canceled up. himself. Yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap it up here. Um, thank you to. Well, we're not going to wrap it up. If you are a Patreon member, patreon.com slash poundcast. He's coming back right okay, now. Okay, well, we'll still wrap it up. If you're a patreon.com slash poundcast member, you can continue listening to our conversation with Spod, a.k.a. Brent Griffin. He's coming back. Um, and we would also like to thank our Poundcast team, Chloe Bonilla, uh, Jack Jackie Birch, Montana. And Jack Birch. I'm back. Jackie Montana, Jack Birch. Um, welcome back, Spod. We're going to go into the after dark section of the show now. Uh, we're just wrapping, okay, up cool. main, wrapping up the main episode. <laughs> um, I have a controversial thought that I was yep. too. I, I wrote it as a tweet and then I was like, I can't post this. Went to drafts and then I woke up the next morning and I'm like, that's kind of a funny thought. I opened up the drafts, kind of tweaked the idea. And I was like, nah, and I closed the drafts. But I'm going to tell it on After Dark, patreon.com slash poundcast. You're going to hear my controversial tweet. <laughs> or maybe it's not. Love maybe it. it's just. Also, it's not that funny, but it's kind of an interesting idea. Spod, would you please tell everyone, plug anything you would like? I would like to say you guys got to check out Spod's music. If you listen to Boys Night, if you watch the video, I'm in it with Brendan Walsh. If you go to uh, one of my favorite songs is like A Day in the Sun. Day in the Sun, is that what it's called? Yeah. Day in the Sun is one of my favorite Spod songs. And Adult Fantasy from 2019. I have a solo. And the last song, let me look it up here. First, it's first 46 minutes well. long. So he does a song and then he has guest soloists. And the song is 46 minutes long of mostly solos. And my, my solo is first. So what do you do? Do you, do you play the, your butt cheeks or what do you, what do you? I played my, I did a butt cheek solo. That's right. <laughs> it was an incredible solo. And I'm, I'm still working. I don't move fast, but I'm still working on a music video for that entire song. And I shot my, so, I shot my part in, in Utah, my, my music video for my solo. Yeah. So you've thank contributed you a lot, and I thank <laughs> you. But uh, I still haven't got that out. But yeah, like it was like oh, who else is on that? There's a lot. Brendan's on that. Ariel, Ariel is Pink. on there apparently. Yeah, I don't know. That hasn't aged too well, but <laughs> that's all right. He, I do have video of him doing his like basically he just mashes a Casio keyboard. His solo is just like Grr! it's just like one note, right? But he has a video of him doing it. Yeah, and he's he's got no pants on, and you can see his penis, and he's squatting over a keyboard. Oh, for real? It. Yeah, <laughs> that's why. I said, I, you know, because he came to a show and he was like, "Oh, you know, you ask someone to for me to get in touch with him." So we we're chatting a bit. I said, "Oh, would you do a solo for this song?" And he sent me that, and I went, "Okay, I'll leave you alone. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't think I know. Feels angry that I asked or not." Did he? Uh, did it? Did it, was it revealed that he is truly Ariel Pink or? Yeah, well, I've got the video. 
Yeah. So it is pink. You can see him. So it is pink. Okay, got it. Yes, it's incredibly pink. It's a bit too pink. Okay, well, Spod, before we go after dark, please let us let the listeners and viewers know where to find you if you want to plug anything. Yeah, well, Instagram, Spodzone, all that stuff. Like Spodzone, I think you put out Spodzone on Instagram. Yeah. That's yeah, kind yeah. of like the main place. But I do, I have a song called Lockdown, which is out. I've got a video of it. I've got a making of video of it. Uh, on Instagram TV, it's got like 120,000 views, which is exciting. Yeah, it's good. It's a, and it's like, yeah, like a 90s jungle kind of song, which I don't really, I do different things. Oh, so and you hear one a- thing and you don't like it. I might do something you like. You did a remix for uh, you're on the Mar- the March of the Ding Dings uh, remixes. That's right. Yeah, I did yeah. like a hardcore acid. Hardcore I said, acid I said can you remix. do an acid version? And you did. You nailed it. Yeah. So thank you. I was like, can I please? And then I realized it goes for like an hour. It goes for like eight minutes or something. That's how it's supposed to be. I was in the vibe. I was thinking if I was on ecstasy, I wouldn't want this to end. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you. Gotta, you got to get in headspace. Thank you, Brent. And thank you, Brent. And uh, we're going to keep talking on After Dark, and we'll see you there. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Peace. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Cheers, cunt. Cheers, cunt. (laughs) Cheers, cunt.